You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 112 with Robert Patton. Robert, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Today we're talking about reporting for agencies, why reporting is important, um, how to actually implement, build some dashboards uh, because, I mean, one of the biggest things I see in agencies is just like doing all this work and it kind of results in no profit. That's the the high level summary. Um, Robert, would you agree with that? <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's why you're here. <laughs> so there's, there's, it's very easy to fall into that trap in agency land where uh, lots of stuff gets done at the end of a month. Uh, you look at the balance sheet or whatever, your profit and loss, and there's just nothing left. I mean, I was definitely in that trap for a long time uh, when we were running our agency. I remember for several months on end, I'd look at the. Um, look at our numbers at the end of the month or, or everything would look kind of good. And then it was just like, where's the money in the bank? Like what, where'd, the, where'd that all go? <laughs> so uh, if you can resonate with this, I think this will be a great episode uh, for you. So Robert, um, let's start with a little bit of introduction uh, about Patton and Associates and how you guys help agencies. Sure. Uh, so we are a financial and business management uh, consultancy firm, and we specialize specifically with creative service agencies. Um, the essential way that we operate and work with agencies is threefold. We are an outsourced accounting firm. We operate as the internal accounting department for our clients. Uh, we help them build dashboards, reporting, allowing them to have data-based and data foundational decision-making in the business, allowing Mm -hmm. them to continue to refine and improve their process, their sales process, their operational process to continue to improve profitability, Mm -hmm. and then guide them through with consulting on implementing new initiatives to allow them to improve their agency day-to-day. Yeah, nice. And what I really like there is the actual dashboards. Like I've spoken to a lot of people who help agencies or recommend agencies focus on certain metrics or, um, you know, look at profitability and all that sort of stuff. But very rarely do we talk about actually implementing that and building dashboards. And that is a world that I love. Um, I, I've been meaning to build dashboards for Content Snare for ages. I'm, I'm still relying on the ones that are like built into the tools that I'm using rather than actually building like nice things. So I would love to dig into uh, those topics with you. But first, what are the most important things that agencies should be reporting and why? <laughs> It really depends on what they're looking to really accomplish, right? I mean, I think the foundational thing that I review with my clients is that in order to be able to have the agency operating without your direct involvement day to day, is making sure that you're monitoring, ensuring the the agency's health, right? So you're going to want to be making sure that with the long sales cycle that we typically have in this industry, that you want to make sure that what's happening today is going to be able to drive the results that you're looking for for next year. Right. So, mm. so many accountants and so many business advisors are looking at what happened last month, as you were talking about, um, to be able to drive change for tomorrow. Whereas I really think how you can really Im- implement and affect change within the agency is looking at what's actually happening today. So we can't change yesterday, but I can change what I'm doing right now to be able to affect tomorrow. 
Yeah, right. So what what then, like what are some key, I guess, indicators or like what would you focus on then? So I would be looking at um, how many capabilities Dex meetings have I've been having, how many presentations I've been having within the agency from a sales perspective, right? One of the overall like barometer ones that I, I have with every client is what I, I refer to as an, an average hourly earning, right? So it's every single um, dollar that's earned agency fee related divided by all hours, including administrative. So right. you have a good barometer of how the agency is functioning client by client, project by project. So you can have a quick glance to see how things are actually tracking that month, that week. Yeah, I love that metric. Um, James Shremko is actually, um, he loves talking about that as well. It's one of his, I think it's his like number one metric in his business. He calls it EHR, effective hourly rate. Um, so with him, it's, it's, you know, that's more about him as the business owner. Um, but you know, it, it's such a good metric for any like freelancer agency, whatever to look at. I, that's how, you know, when I did my Zapier course, I worked out my EHR based on like, you know, the pre-launch and how much it brought in from the launch versus how long it took me to make, uh, to calculate my effective hourly rate. And, and a lot of agency owners finds when they do this calculation, I mean, a lot of business owners in general finds when they do this calculation, they're making like $20 or less an hour and they're probably better off at like, you know, McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> yeah so um I, I just love that metric um and i'll link up to um some of james shumko's stuff on ehr in the show notes and his book work less make more which is um i mean the whole thing is based around ehr really so it's uh, i love that so how how do you plot that like is that is that something you can get on a dashboard absolutely right yeah. so i mean when you're looking at it from a project specific basis, right? If you're tracking your agency and your uh, your employees' time, you should be able to pretty easily be able to pull the data from whatever tra- time tracking system that you're using to be able to attach the revenue to that specific job number or mm-hmm. whatever that identifier, that project identifier is, or that client identifier is, to be able to calculate how much revenue is assigned to that job or to that client, and then how many hours have actually been entered to that job and that client as well as just looking at an agency overall, right? Understanding how much revenue the agency's made over the course of the last 30 day period and how much time it took to actually earn that revenue as well. And what the, the thing that I find very interesting specifically in this industry is that everyone's considering their, their billable hour, right? Not considering how much is actually written off, not considering how much administrative time it actually took to be able to execute that project, right? And how much administrative time it actually takes to have the agency operate. When the effective you have in order to be able to truly have an understanding of how the agency is is functioning is having every single hour, including administrative, included, and not just that billable hour. Yeah, and I assume the owners' hours have to be in there as well. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. And the vast majority of agency owners don't even enjoy or do not want to track their time. Or don't track. Yeah, and that's where I was going to go with this. Like time tracking, there's various levels of time tracking, and and like you know, whether it's minute by minute to a job, like whether you're tracking every, every bit, bit and piece of time you do to a job or like kind of at the end of the day going, I did oh, about four hours on this one. And, and all of these have, you know, obviously you're going to sacrifice accuracy in exchange for, I guess, 
just better making it easier for your team and for yourself um and then there's like a cultural fit with time tracking like some people really don't like asking their employees to time track i don't you know and i don't want to time track like i I track my own time sometimes just to see how i'm where my time's going really you know but i'm not gonna lie i freaking hate doing it otherwise um so where do you like where do you stand on this like on how like accuracy versus like trying to get your team to do it. I mean, I, I would want it to be as accurate as possible. Right. I mean, I can't say that I revel personally in, in, in tracking my time either. Uh, when working with an agency that isn't tracking time or has that, that issue where the employees don't want to track it. Right. The piece that's important is having them understand how it really impacts them. Hmm. So when you look at understanding how many resources, how we need to build out a department within the agency, understand how we need to allocate the resources, how we need to help people, what type of software we need to be implementing. All of the data that comes from that time tracking is really what's going to guide the decision making for it, right? Um, Working with a specific agency's um, employees and actually coaching them in their own time management. When they initially started working with us, they did not want to track their time and eventually actually started to get into the habit of it. After about 30 days of them having a good amount of data, I started going through the data with them and individually working with the employees of that agency to help them understand where their time was and what sort of just small shifts that they could do in their own time to be able to make some pretty big mm-hmm. adjustments to their own personal workflows. And some of the some of the employees of that agency went from working 60, 70 hours a week and maintaining the same amount of actual revenue earned and maintaining the same local projects, but reduce the amount of time that they're working to 35, 40 hours a week, just by being able to analyze the data that they're putting in from their timesheet. So it's extremely important data. That is a pretty big incentive. I like that. Like, <laughs> you know, that is a great way to sell it to people if they're going to be able to do less work uh, and, and take home the same pay, you know, like, Ah, that's, that is probably one of the best things I've I've ever, like the best ways I've ever heard this angled. Um, I really like that. Uh, And, you know, it's because I was thinking at first that I, uh, it's almost like the gym, right? Like it's this delayed gratification thing where like you have to do the work now to, to get the results later. Cause when I, like I hate time tracking, but I really like having the data later to be able to go through and, uh, you know, see where my time's going, find those efficiencies or just like identify, you know, potential new hires and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so it's, I was thinking like, you've kind of got to force it to, um, for a while before you get that gratification, but like having it framed as you could work less (laughs) because of this and probably will work less. Uh, that's awesome. I really like that. So, um, did you tell this agency staffers, like, did you tell them that that was coming? Like, that they'd probably be able to work less? Or did you, like, how did you get that buy-in initially? So, um, the actual rollout of this uh, implementation of this this piece that we were working on was with the, uh, the overall company vision uh, presentation as well. So, it was one of the initiatives when we had gone through and done an entire alignment. And I had gone through some executive coaching with the leadership of the agency, having them understand that in order to truly align your team, you have to position the company's goals and the individual goals of the employees in the same road, right, in the same direction. So everything and how we positioned every one of the initiatives in that rollout was was in that way. But essentially, yes, was was showing them 
that with this initial point, we have to have a base barometer of what we're looking at to be able to effectively have that change. And one of the goals mm. um, that was in that company vision is that they wanted to have no employee working any more than 35 hours a week in the next 24 months. So that was one of their goals. And in order to accomplish that, we had to have the data to be able to make that uh, yeah. change. Yeah, and that that's an amazing goal that I can see people getting on board with. Because I, you know, you hear the stuff with like, these vision presentations where you've got to get everyone on the, in the same track, but like, man, I, it's hard to get employees and founders thinking the same way, right? Like the, the, it's a notoriously hard thing. Like you can say it in practice, like in theory, but in practice, it's really hard. So having that metric there where you're saying, okay, you're going to work less because of this. If we implement all these things, I can see how that would uh, get some buy-in. Is there any other tips? Like, do you have any other tips for getting employees to be on the same track as the founders and you know in these meetings? Because I imagine getting buy-in can be difficult. I mean, I think that being genuine with your employees and what you're actually wanting to accomplish is extremely important, right? Uh, one of the things that I say with any client that's going into this is that you really have to be able to verbally articulate a a, a picture to your employees, right? Allow them to really be able to imagine what the agency is going to look like, right? And what it would be like working for the agency that you're that you're actually presenting in that vision, right? And make sure that you're really being genuine in the way that you're actually conveying that. And mm-hmm. one of the pieces that I see that happens so frequently is that you're going to outline that vision of what you want the agency to be, but then the leadership or the owners are not actually embodying that vision or embodying those values. And if they're not, then why would anyone else within the agency do it? So it's really important. It has to start at the top. Yeah, absolutely. And that vision is probably going to have to include a pretty good lifestyle or, you know, some kind of benefit for the employees, not owner wants a boat. (laughs) 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 You know, because if if the the vision is you want more profit, that's going to be pretty hard to sell, I assume. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, every business is, is in business to, to make a buck, right? Yeah. But that can't be the foundational principle of why you're in business. The foundational principle of why you're in business is to affect this change for this type of client or to be able to do this for this specific type of client. Mm. Right? So that is what the focus of the, of the company or the agency needs to be and being able to sell that to employees. But one of the things that I, I think is really important that so many business owners and managers miss is that employees, when I ask this question, every single person answers the same. What is the number one reason that someone comes to work? And everyone always says, well, money. <laughs> no, that's that, that's not the real reason. The number one reason that someone comes to work is to be part of a team. And the second reason is that they want to be acknowledged for doing a good job. And if the company is able to serve and be able to provide that employee and the team with the first two, create a true teamwork environment towards that company vision that you have outlined and make sure that you're acknowledging the team members for when they're actually impacting that change for the agency. And obviously three people do need to earn a living, mm-hmm. right, be able to pay their bills, but that is number three. And if you're able to provide the first two, you're gonna have two engagement in helping build your agency. Yeah, and you hear stories fairly often of people taking pay cuts for you know a more engaged team or something in a in another company that calls them that's beyond money, right? Obviously, it has to if they're taking a pay cut. Um, you know, there are people that are mostly money driven. I, I don't think you can get away from that, but 
Yeah, I hundred percent, and you know, and I've seen that in some of our team members now. When, like, just some of the feedback and things they say in the day to day, I'm like, wow, like they really enjoy this stuff, you know, and, and being part of something. And and I was really shocked recently when they uh, everyone on the team at once it kind of came up in our check in channel on Slack that everyone wanted uh, one of our t shirts. I've got content snare t shirts and content snare coasters, and they all wanted them. And I was like, wait, you guys want to wear the brands? Like, oh. <laughs> didn't expect that uh so i'm kind of learning this stuff uh now that you know people are motivated by lots of different things <laughs> not just mine the hat i've also felt really nice to have you and see that your team is truly really that engaged in your brand and your company as well that had to have felt yeah amazing. yeah so um what other like I'm trying to envision how you back back to like the reporting thing, how you get all this information together. Uh, you know, what kind of tools, what kind of metrics? Um, yeah, like what what have you used in the past? So, I mean, it really depends on what technology the agency is using, right? In a lot of instances, it's it's exporting the data and essentially just into an Excel, right? One of the uh, core products that I use for creating reporting dashboards for clients is Power BI by Microsoft. Oh, nice. It's extremely, extremely powerful and allows for um, being able to manipulate the data and be able to um, see and actually really utilize the data in a way that the vast majority of businesses are not able to. And something that most agencies, most companies have thought of as something that is only available to the Fortune 500s, but is now easily available for the $10 per user license, right? So it's a pretty affordable software and um, quite frankly, pretty user-friendly as well. Yeah, nice. I haven't actually powered, played with um, Power BI yet. It looks awesome. It's kind of Microsoft's version of Google Data Studio, right? Um, I'm not too familiar with, with the Google Data yeah. Studio, um, but... I mean, it's a flexible dashboard kind of product, yeah? Yeah, it's a data visualization tool, right? So you can filter out however you want based on employees, clients, uh, timeframes, and however you want to actually um, visualize the data and have yeah. specific um, reports for each member of your team, right? So if it's a sales-focused dashboard or a operational dashboard or a financial metric dashboard, then you can manipulate the data however you um, Yeah, and I guess that's going to be fairly important because everyone's using different tools, I'd imagine. You know, if everyone's using different time tracking tools, but are, are there any, I guess, project management systems or time trackers that you see being used like more effectively or that you recommend? Um, as far as the time tracking, the two ones that I've seen used actually pretty well is one I recommend um, is Top Tracker by TopTall. It's a free time tracking software, and I really like it um, okay. because you can just uh, press start and stop. Right. Otherwise, one of the other ones that um, if someone's looking for a bit more robust data tracking, um, t using something like T-Sheets is great as well. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to have to check that out because we currently use Toggle and like they jacked up their pricing on us recently. And it just seems like insane how much we're paying for like a stop, start, stop button and then like being able to change the... Uh, in fact, um, we can't even change employees' entries because we're not on a high enough plan. They introduced a new plan and they're like, you can only edit time entries 
if you're on a bigger plan. And we're just like, it's a time tracker. Like, why is this so expensive? <laughs> point of it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but they, they are really good on integrations. So Toggle integrates with pretty much everything. And I think that's the main reason we use it because it's built in. We, we have the start stop button with uh, Jira and it pushes the data back into Jira for us. But Integration is key, right? I mean, I, I, so, I say this frequently, but so many businesses look to spend time to be able to to save money, right? They don't want to pay money for these integrated types of softwares, and they end up spending three, four times the amount of money in payroll trying yeah. to not spend the money on that technology. Where payroll and your employees are your most expensive thing you have at the agency, right? So you yeah, and yeah, absolutely. And I, I need to uh, take my own advice here. I even wrote a post about like changing tools to save money and how much time you burn in the process and that it's almost never worth it you can normally just stay with your current tool for like three plus years uh to to break even you know before you've broken even on the switching costs and that's just as a solopreneur when there's an agency involved and there's lots of people changing it's even worse uh yeah so i need to take my own advice there i mean that's that's why we haven't moved away from say intercom for example our, our chat solution which is you know, basically the one of the most expensive ones on the market. But every time I look at switching, it's just like there's too much effort involved here, and I'm not going to make up the difference in cost for years. You know, the amount of time it'll take. Yeah. So yeah, need to take my own advice there. So, what other metrics do you like to plot on on one of these dashboards? Um, one of the things that I, I do really like to to see is project tracking as far as how it's actually going to completion. Right. So. Um, I, I had an agency that started with me and their average client delivery was four days past due on what they were yeah. actually delivering, right? And as you can imagine, that didn't result in happy clients and had high uh, client attrition because of that, right? Mm. So putting in place how far through a project something was in, in a dashboard, having them being able to see whether things and tasks were being completed on time and how many tasks were passed due by team member and without directly trying to essentially shame the, the the employee of the of the agency by right? putting a leaderboard of who was doing the best and who was doing the worst, right? And just essentially calling out everyone on a television in the middle of the agency had created a, uh, a competitive environment, right? So making sure that everything and every project was being completed on time. And the agency in, it was about two and a half months, was able to go from an average of four days, every project being four days past due to having 100% completion on time. And That's awesome. So the metric there was task, uh, like a delta a difference between task due date and completion per team member. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. So everything then has to have a due date. That's really cool. And I, I know, uh, well, I, I don't have personal experience on the competition thing, but there's that old, uh, I don't know if it's a real uh, tale, like whether it's fiction or not. I think it was real, but there's like a car manufacturing plant or something. And there's a day shift and a night shift. And the day shift just wrote like the number of cars in big chalk on the floor or something or on the wall, whatever it was. It's like the night shift comes in and they're like, what's that number? And it's like, that's how many cars we got done. So then the day, the night shift were like, right, we got to beat that. And apparently it just had these massive increases to uh, production, just having that number um, on the wall and inside a competition. We're not sure whether it's a real one or not. <laughs> I'm fairly certain it's real. Like, you know, I've read it. It's one of those ones I've read a lot of times in different books and, and different business advice. Um, 
like managerial kind of books. So <laughs> it's, um, it's an interesting one. And, and obviously it's worked um, seemingly flawlessly in this situation. Um, you know, I guess there's ways to frame that too, where it's, you could say that, you know, you don't want to shame them. It's more about like, maybe you're piling them up with too much stuff and you don't want to do that. And that's, that, that's one of the pieces too, right? That reporting really allows you to see and going through that time data, right? So uh, the issue that I see happen very frequently with leaders of agencies and agency owners is that employees will typically fill the available time with the available work, right? And it's hard to distinguish between an employee that actually is overloaded and a team member that is just expending the amount of time that it takes to complete a project, right? And being able to have an understanding and looking at project A versus project B, that's the same type of service and seeing that someone actually is actually overloaded with the amount of resources that they actually have available to them Mm -hmm. and being able to isolate that and fix that. So that was part of being able to go through and, and fix this was actually understanding and making sure that when one team member had too many projects on their plate that you had to reallocate the resource for the yeah there's uh james remko again uh talks about a traffic light report it's something he's implemented in his business and it's it's a way to gauge how employees are feeling about their current workload so it's really just at the end of the day they give a red yellow or green red being like they've got too much on their plate can't take on any more yellow's like yep we're good like this is the amount of work i can handle and green is i've got some free time give me give me some more stuff so that could be a way to gauge how they actually feel about it versus throughput freaked i don't know just a random idea that you know i've kind of do this with our uh guys like it's not like plotted on a report it's not stored anywhere it's literally just comes into my slack at the end of the day and i can go oh yeah cool um and it also gives them an opportunity to ask for help like if there's something they're struggling with so yeah it's a little little idea that i stole off shremco yet again (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean is there any other like main metrics that you would like to see more agencies track I think communication is one that's really important that a lot of agencies don't really pay attention to, right? So pretty much every agency and every business has um, blocks to their funnel when it comes to operational process. So there's typically a central person or central one to three people that are um, the block in the funnel, right? So there's approvals have to go through that person. Communication has to go through these individuals where the, the all of the team members have to communicate with these one to three individuals within the agency that actually creates a stop to the operational process, right? So tracking things like um, how many emails are actually being opened and responded to in the same day, how many chat messages that 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 uh, employee or the employees within the agency are doing, and how many meetings and what percentage of time do they actually have open and available to complete work, right? So actually going mm. through and seeing what internal communication, what external communication is actually happening within the agency to be able to uh, change that and make sure that people are, are functioning as best as they possibly can. I and mean, you've got the foundational principle that human beings operate best in 25 minute intervals uh, with a five minute break and each 25 minute interval and making sure that you're creating an environment that allows your team members to operate in those chunks of time. Yeah, that's huge to actually give people reasonable blocks to work in. You know, some people uh, I've read a lot. Yeah, that's the classic Pomodoro. Yeah, the 25, five block Mm -hmm. some people prefer 50 10 i mean 
you can do whatever you want. It doesn't have to be those numbers, right? But um, I've seen developers talking about, like specifically developers, because they have to get in the zone where if they get distracted, they can lose literally hours worth of productivity just by getting pulled out for one meeting. Um, plus meetings, you know, if you've got 10 people in a meeting, that's a lot of money uh, being wasted. So optimizing... Yeah, 10 people at, you know, however much hourly rate. It's like, I remember sitting in meetings in the engineering company that I work for, just counting the people and working out hourly rates and being like, wow, that was an expensive meeting. (laughs) Where are we making up for that? Uh, Yeah, so like optimizing meetings, I can see being um, huge. And I know um, with regards to communication statistics, I know that, like, I don't know if G Suite has this available that you can pull into a dashboard or something, but I know I get reports of how many emails are being sent uh, in and out of our mailboxes and uh, Slack do, do it as well. They won't tell you how many individual mails. I don't think it just says like total number of private messages that has been sent, um, which I don't know if you can use that in your dashboards. I, I've actually got, so one thing that is directly and easily available with Power BI, if you're use, utilizing the, uh, Office 365 environment, mm. um, it actually will track all of these different communications. So it even will track how many phone calls if you're using wow. um, um, the Boyd system with Microsoft as well. So it'll allow you to see. Even so, a, a lot of agencies that I that I work with, I recommend frequently the use of, of Stream for training videos. Something that happens a lot, right? Every every company needs to invest into training their team members, um, and when you have two people focused on training for one individual, right? So Every time someone needs to be trained on something, it's two people's time that's being spent mm-hmm. and being able to automate that process as much as possible. So one thing I'm actually currently going through with, with a client at the moment is automating their training process, right? So And have in their dashboard how many videos are actually being created for training purposes for across the agency. So if you've got someone at, that has an IT question, here's how you actually can do XYZ thing within this program so that they don't actually have to stop to stop the project that they're working on, reach out to IT, schedule time to talk with them, but actually have the resource directly available. That's a video that'll step them through exactly what they need to do. And building out that library um, company-wide is something that we're looking at. And how many videos are actually being watched, how many videos are being created, and having that um, available in the dashboard. And that's something that you can do with within uh, Power BI since it's directly attached to the Office 365. Oh, that's awesome. I like that. Yeah, we, we are putting a big push on documentation and training right now, more for our clients, like uh, our customers of Content Snare. Um, we don't track how much is being created, but you know, the idea is, again, wasting less time uh, so they can help themselves and, and not have to wait around for us to answer. Um, but yeah, like that, again, you've touched on something that was such a big problem when I was an engineer, when if I got buddied up with people sometimes and just the, like they, every time they ask you a question, they're pulling you away from your work, which ruins your productivity. It's costing two, two engineers worth of time, which is usually pretty expensive. <laughs> and that's just the wastage was huge. So any way to get that down. Um, awesome. And, yeah. I know that every single one of us that have ever worked, uh, a job at a computer, right? Knows how much time you end up having to refocus. What was I saying? What was I doing? Where was oh. I at? It takes 10, 15 minutes to get back into the groove of where you were at. And that, that 10, 15 minutes, three, four or five times a day, you've lost multiple yeah. hours a week or hundreds of hours a year. 
Yeah, that's why I guess a lot of companies are probably finding out how efficient remote work is right now because there's not uh, that interruption culture where you just wander over to someone's desk and just knock on, you know, in uh, my wife works in in like a government office, I guess, uh, department. And uh, she talks about getting interrupted. And I'm like, why don't you just put headphones in? I'm like, she's like, that doesn't change. Like, they'll still... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like knock 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 <laughs> knock knock knock. <laughs> like oh, that would blow my mind. Like that has to be a rule in an office, in my opinion. If you got headphones in, you do not bother them. That's the signal. Like shut up, let me do my work. <laughs> I actually had a, a client install red light, green light buttons in their office. So it's like, hey, if it's red, do not disturb. I'm in the middle of something in the screen. I'm actually not directly involved in a project so you're welcome to come in and chat with me oh, i love that because they have that, that uh interrupt this sort of culture yeah and sometimes people just love to talk <laughs> so they'll come over and i'll make a reason and and come over and interrupt and and yeah like the productivity hit is massive if, if you're in the middle of a deep work kind of task and you get pulled out and you've got to get back into that again later no good absolutely Absolutely. One, one of the things on the flip side, I mean, as you were mentioning, I, I have seen a lot of agencies have quite an efficiency gain from the remote work because people are able to focus a bit more. Um, but they have had some issues with communication, right? So when people are actually having issues that they need to be able to communicate and how to actually do that. Um, one of the things that I've seen be pretty effective um, in that vein is having a daily meeting that is no more than 10 minutes a day. And even if you're a 20 member, 30 member department, right? That you can quickly just say, hey, this is what my focus is for the day and this is what my block is. And you're not there to solve anyone's problems. It's just making sure that you're alerting that person's manager or whoever can actually help that team member with that issue. Then you can meet with that person separately and to actually help them accomplish that, but just know where everyone is throughout their day and what they're actually looking to accomplish that day. Yeah, nice. I like that. End capping it at 10 minutes, huge. Because if you get big meetings with lots of people, Expensive. We've talked about this. <laughs> uh, Robert, so um, I don't think we can talk about metrics and reporting in September 2020 without talking about what you've seen, <laughs> the effects of COVID uh, on agencies you've worked with. What are you seeing? So, I mean, as everyone I'm sure would expect, right? I mean, everyone is having issues with, with cash flow and loss of revenue, right? I mean, uh, uh, statistic industry-wide is at 58% have seen a, a pretty substantial decline. Really? Wow. So um, one of the things that that agencies, I think, are, are not really focusing on that is really important right now is that they are taking these the amount of, of advertising spend and advertising budget that their clients are actually facing, right? And and they're restricting their budgets rather than actually looking and having a conversation with their clients and actually advising them, okay, yeah, maybe spending money on traditional um, ad spend is not the best way to go forward, but maybe let's refocus your time towards social media or, or um, digital ad spend and, and focusing your, your strategy here is something that a lot of agencies and many of my clients have pivoted to having them move their dollars of what they were actually working on with that agency into another um, advertising or um, creative vehicle, allowing them to not have that project be put on hold um, and even potentially creating a new revenue stream for them with that with that client as well, which has been huge. Yeah, nice. That's a good tip if anyone is uh, struggling. 
It's interesting because I hear a lot of people actually doing quite well through this period because with the shift to digital, but I can see that it really is heavily sector dependent, right? How you're going to get through this, this period. You know, if you're doing, if you target restaurants and airlines, you're probably in trouble. <laughs> but if you, <laughs> if you target e-commerce, you're probably having a great old time. You know, I've spoken to e-commerce businesses that did their entire 12 months projected revenue in like, April. So <laughs> this, the thing that I did find very interesting when looking through data of my clients, as well as um, I, I did a survey of, of over 100 agents, 125 agencies uh, a couple of weeks ago. And what I found from the data was that agencies that were focused on a specific industry, either industry niche, service niche, and were value based, were actually seeing an, an increase to revenue and increase to profit versus any agency that was full service based or not industry specific and doing a billable hour uh, cost plus model was actually seeing a decline in profitability and a decline in revenue um, that was essentially putting a, a lot of credence to the fact that clients your clients agency clients are not wanting to see that um, possible variation to what they're spending right now right that companies and and uh, your clients agency clients are looking to have a pretty fixed cost for what their advertising is going to be with whatever that expected mm. ROI is going to be. And seeing that effect in the industry is uh, quite interesting. There you go. Showing that they're recession proof. We talk a lot about uh, value-based pricing and uh, niching on this podcast, specialization. So there's another argument in favor. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Robert, uh, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I think there's been a lot to think about for agency owners. And, you know, I'm definitely thinking about some things we can implement. Maybe maybe the equivalent of a red light, green light. No, um, <laughs> that's why I like Slack, right? It's asynchronous communication. Uh, it's, it's pretty much expected in our uh, company that you're not going to get a response right away. They, if they're in the middle of something, they'll come back to you later. And that's what I do really like about um, those chat kind of apps. So yeah, uh, man, thank you so much. There's so much here for uh, agencies. I just wanted to say, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me. One thing that I wanted to mention before I, I go is that I, I mentioned that survey that I did available at creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash agency highway. I've published a industry report where you can actually um, filter out data based on the type of agency you are, what revenue you are, what service you are, and be able to see how the, in the industry is performing and how top performers in your space actually are so that you can compare side by side and how you can be a top performer. Brilliant. Everyone does love a bit of benchmarking against uh, other agencies. So yeah, creativeagencysuccess.com slash agency highway. I will link that up in the show notes. Is there anywhere else uh, you'd like people to connect with you? Uh, you're welcome to shoot me an email, robert at creativeagencysuccess.com or visit, visit, uh, visit us at creativeagencysuccess.com. Yeah. Awesome. Well, all of that will be in the show notes at agencyhighway.com slash 112, 112. Uh, that's it. Uh, I hope you've got something out of this episode. Uh, if, uh, if so, please leave us a review or share it with someone you think that will get something out of it. That's it. And I'll see you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.